Hi, my name is Sebastian Goldspink, and I am proud to be the curator of the 2022 Adelaide Biennial of Australian Art at the Art Gallery of South Australia, entitled Free State. The following is a conversation between myself and Stanislava Pinchuk. I hope you enjoy these talks. So um, the, these beautiful marble plinths are engravings of the Amorites and Isis, written in Greek and then done by someone who is a poet. Mm. 
tonight in Bucktown on the five uh, meeting that I work with um, sign masters who do construction. So they have to work on not just repairing the physical shaping for kitchens and bathrooms. I just get my wild colors in and that's my gift. So they were allowed to work and brighten it up with personal colors and that was kind of the context actually for being able to identify this group instead of seeing identical colors. Is it the one thing that strikes you about the text when you read through, you know, these two sources, this work of bicycle literature and, and how it indicates that these sort of chaotic or perilously strong conditions is that the universality of, of the text, that, you know, that these sort of texts are almost interchangeable with the sources. Uh, and that speaks to that sort of universality of that attempt of the readers to, you know, be forced to, to redefine either their own physical conditions of travel across the sea or space or to seek, you know, refuge in, in the purest sense of the word. For classical, is something that I think has informed a lot of your work, I think, Nicola, in, in, in kind of classical themes and classical ideas. Is, is it because of that, that, that sort of, that like the poems, like the poem of the Spurgeon, that's like the sort of fundamental kind of starting point where a lot of this thinking has come from? Yeah, I mean, I think for context, I didn't go to art school. I've got a philosophy degree, and so I've uh, always had a profound love for the Greeks and, you know, for Epicurus. And in uh, lockdown, I was reading this Herodotus, uh, you know, I've been working with my Homer and Pliny for the last week with the Cretans. And um, I went back to reading Herodotus as the first historian of the Cranians, and then I went to rereading Homer's Odyssey in lockdown. And, you know, I think Homer's Odyssey for me is the first work of what we call in the genre of kind of vibrant literature. It's the first kind of great work that comes out of it. So I think, I think when you read the Greeks and you kind of realize that you take for granted how, how much of the kind of ideas from that world are really, really embedded in, you know, the things that we call these unconsidered or arrant words. Um, sometimes it's, it's kind of shocking to see that the uh, Homer's Odyssey concepts are embedded so I, I began to pull out lines from Homer's Odyssey that were identical, or near identical, to the lines in the Manus and Ovid and Condition reports. And for me, I think there's a great parallel in the kind of Hercules stories because, uh, you know, many people don't think that maybe Homer didn't exist. Maybe Homer was many people. Maybe Homer was one person who collated stories that were already being told. And so I think it's very similar when you speak about Manus and Nauru and you see you know, conditional reports uh, that were written by various NGO volunteers to people who worked for corporations like you know, Transfield and Save the Children and um, Wilson Security. It's kind of stories that are being retold and fragmented and fragmented and fragmented. But the amount of text that was absolutely identical was, was astounding. And um, so in this work, uh, I pulled them all out and I switched the protagonists. So everywhere in this work that you read, Odysseus, Telemachus, you know, Penelope, the Cyclops, you're actually reading uh, Nauru or Manus by, and when you're reading Redacted, you're actually reading a line from the Odyssey. And for me, it was about how we take things like Homer's work as kind of foundations of our, you know, Western literature and, uh, you know, storytelling traditions, and yet we kind of refuse to acknowledge identical realities that are being told in this one It's a lot about these kind of traditions that are almost too big of a jump to go to, you know, how many, how many times a week we, we can ask 
conflicts are around, you know, and particularly in, in reference to, to Ukraine, which we definitely wanted to talk about today. It's really interesting to learn how Teleki, who's one of us, uh, downstairs, who's from uh, Croatia, grew up in, in Croatia, and she grew up with Edward from Serbia, and went through the Balkan Wars in Hungary. She had never met Stanislav, or even suggested that they could ever come across Poland's uh, border, and, and it was interesting talking to Yelena, because she said it feels was bravely when talking to the press about her homeland being, you know, uh, ravaged by this invasion. Uh, in between each of the interviews, Stanislav had paused and looked back into the archives. And we sort of came over and said, oh, look, Stan, you know, maybe, like we've done one interview, maybe, you know, like, let, let's give it a rest. And Stanislav, I feel credit into her strength, said right now,
going through. It's, it's unimaginable to think that it's happening right now. And as, as sad as that is, and as traumatic as it, as it is, this, uh, I feel, is the kind of abhorrence of art. Art's always fronted up to these discussions. Art and culture and literature have always addressed these things uh, head on. And these things are always here. And, it, and it's a, an absolute privilege to be standing here today in solidarity with Natalia, who was here in Kearney and Mountain, uh, but was here with Natalia and Kearney and Tessa and Brian and Sydney coming up and saying, look, we're teaming, we're on each other, like we're sisters. It's just that you have to think together. Because we have to think together. It is really incredible, you know, important to remember that, that art is life and life is art. Same, same stories and and you have that and you have it that we have that and how important it's so um you know i want to say a very hearty for peter for what what's what he has been through and what your history and what is to come to the things that you have that you can't say in words right now yeah i really want to say yeah <laughs> look i think it's like it's it's like that Thank you, and, and, and I'm sure, um, you know, Stanislava and all Ukrainian people, you know, we thank you for your solidarity and thank you for your prayers and, and your love, but also, too, would encourage you, each of you in your own right, way to contribute to this new way that that we portray the world needs to see one new world, a transitory world, uh, a new kind of transitory world, I think, because the cancer of this invasion will spread in Europe. You know, we'll, we'll spread beyond the borders of, of Ukraine. We, we, we are on the precipice. This generational divide is across the echoes of the past that we've had. And, and you know, like, this, this, is, this is all around us. And, and each of us have to think together. We have to play a role. We have to resist that international divide. You know, we talk 300,000 dead and responsibility to look at things on a collective level as well. Refugees who are fleeing Ukraine will be here 